You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. One of the hardest things about finding out that your partner has had an affair is the shame and embarrassment talking about it because it makes you feel like you did something wrong, that somehow you weren't good enough and that you didn't keep them happy. And there's such a misperception in the world around what affairs are like and what it means when somebody has had an affair. That's why I have created a monthly support group for women who have been betrayed by their partner. It's for women who are really ready to move through the grief and the pain in a healthful way so they can claim what's possible for them on the other side of infidelity and betrayal as quickly and as healthfully as possible. And part of that is having community, having community with people who were positive. There are so many online support groups where everybody's just really negative and grouchy and they just vent their own pain and they vomit their pain all over you. And this group is nothing like this. This group is honest. Yes, we're honest. But it's also about support and community and holding each other and building each other up. If this sounds like something that you would be interested in, go to www.flourishafterinfidelity and sign up. When you sign up, you'll immediately get the Zoom link to our next meeting, and then you will be in the loop and you will know when each monthly meeting is about to occur. I really look forward to having you there, to building this community of strong women together. Once again, it's www.flourishafterinfidelity.com. And we'll see you at our next meeting. Hello, welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. I'm Laura Cheadle, and yes, I too am an infidelity survivor. And yes, I too thought that I was irreparably broken. I felt (laughs) so much pain, so much devastation when I found out about my husband's infidelity, multiple infidelities, uh, that I truthfully didn't think I could ever heal. I truthfully didn't see a way out And I just didn't ever think that I would be able to get myself or my life back again. And even though talking about pain is not really fun and enlivening, that's what I really want to do today. I want to talk about pain and how bad it really, truly does freaking hurt when you find out about your partner's infidelity. And the reason that I want to talk about that is twofold. First of all, I want to validate how bad it is and how much it hurts. Because I think there's nothing worse than having your pain diminished. Or in the middle of feeling all of this pain, to all of a sudden start feeling like guilt or shame 
or that you're doing something wrong because you're feeling pain. There is nothing worse than having your pain not validated. And what makes this even worse is unless somebody has been in this kind of a pain, they don't get it. They don't get it. Like real, you know, really nice, well-meaning people say things that I'm sure they think will be helpful, and it's not. Not only is it not helpful, so often it's hurtful. And that's the first reason that I really thought it was important to do a show like this, where we talk about pain. So you can understand that it's not you and that you're not wrong for being devastated and that you're not weak and all of that. And then the other reason that I wanted to talk about it was because I talk a lot about getting out of the state of victimhood and about turning your life into something good and rebuilding yourself from the ashes in a way that is powerful and new and healthy and creative for you. And while that is what I do and that is what I help other people do when I coach them and when I work with them, and it's what I did and it's what I believe in, I also don't ever want anybody to falsely believe that we can just put a smile, you know, slap a smile on or put a dash of sparkly coaching magic on this whole icky ordeal and that it will go away. And I also don't want anybody to feel bad that they can't get out of that victim state, that they can't see through to what's possible on the other side of infidelity because they are in the middle of it. So those are the two really important reasons that I wanted to address the topic of pain and what it feels like to be the betrayed spouse, the betrayed partner, and really get into talking about and understanding some of that pain. Again, not to not to bring us down, not to really have a pity party, but to ground not only the work that I do, but the work that other people do, and to also ground you and your experience in some honesty, in some raw truth, in service of continuing to heal, in service of growing and expanding and moving through this journey. Because the bottom line is, the only way through it is through it. We cannot spiritually bypass. We cannot wave a magic wand. We have to go through the pain. So let's start by talking a little bit about what it feels like to be betrayed. I actually got into an argument at one point with um, a marketing person that I was working with in marketing my services. And she said, you really can't say that this is one of the worst pains because people have all sorts of pain. 
and you don't know what it's like to have cancer or to have somebody that you love dying or to lose people that are close to you. And it sounds really shallow, were her words, to say that the pain of betrayal is one of the worst pains out there. And we actually ended up having a discussion slash argument around that for kind of a long period of time. And I do believe that by the time we were done, she had a little bit more understanding and compassion over why I was saying this is one of the worst kinds of pain you can have. And that discussion, that argument really helped me to understand how and why people don't understand it. Okay, people don't understand it unless they've been through it. And even if they've been through it, so often experiences are so different that it does make it hard to compare. Sometimes apples to apples, apples to oranges. Okay, the pain of betrayal cuts to the core of who you are, as well as to what you do. When you have been cheated on, it makes you question how good you were as a partner. That encompasses so many different things. It might encompass some of the traditional wifely things like cooking or cleaning. It might encompass things like taking care of kids, taking care of a family. Of course, it encompasses your sexuality, how good you are in bed, how attentive of a partner you are. It also cuts to the core of how you look. Were you pretty enough? Did you keep yourself up enough? What is your body like? What is your health like? What is your energy level like? It's so much of that combination of what you do and who you are. Because if you are worthy, if you are lovable, if you are any of those things, then the natural presumption is nobody will hurt you if you are a good person. Nobody will hurt you if you are lovable. Nobody will hurt you if you are kind. Well, wham, you find out that your partner cheated on you and suddenly I didn't cook well enough, clean well enough, take care of the kids well enough. I was not attentive in bed. I was not attentive emotionally. I'm not a good conversationalist. I'm not worthy of having a trustworthy partner. I'm not worthy of fidelity. I'm not worthy of somebody loving me exclusively. It's everything. And yes, I know that other kinds of traumas are difficult. Getting a disease is difficult. Having somebody that you love die is difficult. But, and you can push back on me if you have a different experience, but from where I stand, when I see a disease or somebody you love dying or another type of hardship, it does not impact your identity the way infidelity and betrayal impacts your identity. If you have cancer, it's going to impact your body. If you have a broken limb, it impacts that limb. And yes, it might impact your lifestyle and everything, but nobody ever says 
that having an injury was due to the fact that they are a bad person, that they are an unworthy person. Now, I know that if you get a disease, if you've got cancer or something like that, a lot of times people do think, what did I do wrong? What what did I do wrong? And yes, that is a little bit into the identity department, but it's different. And it's hard to judge, but betrayal is worse because it's all of that. It's identity. It's everything that you did, and it is who you are. Are. Same thing if you're losing somebody that you love or you're having another kind of crisis. So often, like a divorce will change your identity, a job loss will change your identity. But it's not always everything all at the same time. You can lose a job and still know that you are an amazing friend, a great partner, a good mom worthy of certain things. And that's what makes infidelity and betrayal and the pain so difficult is it's everything around your identity. Now, the other thing is there's so many misconceptions out there in the world about what infidelity means. And quite often when we tell people we confide in somebody about what's going on in our life. And what they want to do is protect themselves. What they want to do is protect themselves. They can feel your pain. They can sense the gravity of the situation. And it's scary. And they can look at you and they can say, wow, she is a good, smart, pretty, kind, loving, whatever person. And if it can happen to her, oh my God, it can happen to me too. And that is terrifying. So the first thing the mind does is it throws up all of these defenses and all of these justifications, trying to make rational sense out of what happened and trying to protect them So they don't all of a sudden go home and think, oh my gosh, this is going to happen to me, and then get into this completely panicked, you know, situation. So what they do is they do one of several things. First, they say, what did you do wrong? What happened? Because they're trying to find a reason when there is no reason or when the reason doesn't lie with you. So they say, what did you do wrong? What could you have done better? How is this going to, you know, how, how, how can we make sense of this? Because if you tell me what you did wrong, then I will know not to do that thing. And then me and my relationships will be safe. And no, it doesn't make sense. But that's the mind. That's the ego trying to protect. And what's hard about that is, I'm telling you this now, it probably makes perfect sense. And you're like, yeah, wow, I see times where I've done that. And I can see how that was threatening to the people that I told, how it made them feel like their relationship was unstable. And I can see why they would ask those questions. But the problem is, in the moment when you're confiding, in the moment when you're in pain, in the moment when you feel completely shattered, suddenly you're being asked to take care of them 
and assuage their fears, that's A, not fair, and B, not really something (laughs) that most of us are capable of doing in the moment. The second response that I got a lot, and if you're anything like me, you probably got a lot too, was immediate turning on your partner. That jerk, take him for all he's worth. How could he do that? And they buddy-buddy and they get up on your side and they spew anger at your partner. And here's what's tough about that one. (laughs) You're angry too. You have every right to be angry. You should be in a state of rage too. But if you're anything like me, in the moment, it's a weird feeling to have somebody else bad-mouthing your partner because you've loved them. You've loved them for probably a long time. And on some level, you still do. Because that's the thing with infidelity. Finding out about infidelity, finding out about betrayal doesn't flip a switch for most people and make you suddenly not love your partner. That learning to unlove takes time. And yes, even though in the moment you're very angry, even in the moment you're very upset, all of that good stuff, there's still a part of you that wants to defend your partner. There's still a part of you that is hurt when you hear somebody else bad-mouthing your partner. And then that also puts you in kind of a weird position of, do I get angry? Do I, gosh, now I feel like I'm betraying my partner by talking about them behind their back, even though they did this to me and I deserve to, so to speak. It still puts you in a weird position and it doesn't make you feel better. And feeling better is truly what it's all about. And I know in my case, there were certain people that I didn't want to tell because I knew they would never forgive my partner. And I didn't know what the heck I wanted to do. I didn't know if I was going to stay. I didn't know if I was going to go. I didn't know what was going on. And I knew I didn't want to have to start contending with other people and their emotions of over my situation later on. So then I kept things to myself, which sometimes increased my pain because I couldn't share and I couldn't vent and I couldn't bounce things off of people. And it left me in that position of, I don't know what to do with this pain. I don't know what to do with this pain. I've got it. And I don't know what to do with it. So that's that's what happens all too often when we start sharing our pain with other people. Is we get a response that is not exactly the response that we want. Very few people know how to hold space. Very few people are comfortable with grief or shock or pain of any kind. 
very few people know how to just sit there and hold it. They want to shift to self and tell you about a time something happened to them, or they want to solve your problem, or they want to just get up and start cheerleading and fighting on your side too. And the thing is, those are all normal human reactions, but that's not the reaction that we need. And that's why counseling, coaching, therapy, clergy, having a trained professional, or maybe even not necessarily a trained professional, but somebody who is really, really good at listening is so important because they will give you that space to just share your pain, to share your confusion without feeling threatened, without feeling like they have to make you feel better, without feeling like they have to solve your problems, without feeling like, oh my God, if it happened to her, it can happen to me and that scares me to death. So I've got to pick her brain now and now she's got to make me feel better and tell me everything that she did wrong that was causing it. Having a trained professional, a counselor, a coach, clergy member, something like that, someone who knows how to actively listen and who is comfortable will also allow you to sit more comfortably in your own emotion. Because that's what it's all about, is having the ability to sit comfortably in your discomfort. And when I say sitting comfortably in your discomfort, of course, that's all relative. Sitting comfortably simply means not distancing yourself from what's going on, not numbing out with wine, not numbing out by binge watching TV, not tuning it out by just sleeping all the time, not shopping it away not going out and revenge cheating. It means just being in that discomfort and allowing yourself to be in that discomfort, to feel whatever emotions come up in the moment that they come up, whether it's crying or staring at the wall. I stared at a lot of walls in the early phases of discovery. Is it comfortable? No. Does it make you feel like vomiting? Yes. Does it feel like there's a knife twisting in your stomach or your heart? Does it feel like you're being squeezed? Yes, 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 yes. It doesn't feel good at all. But it's just being in it and just breathing through and crying when you want to cry and screaming when you want to scream. And staring at the wall when you want to stare at the wall. There are a couple of different techniques that I want to share with you that will help you be able to be in the rage, in the sadness, in the grief, in the discomfort, whatever it is that you're feeling. A couple of techniques that will just help you be there. These are a couple, these are two of the techniques that I use in my retreats, in my group work, in my one-on-one work, 
and they are extremely powerful. And you will be able to use them on your own as well. The first technique is addressing sacred rage. Rage, anger, shock, pain. We don't like it, but it's sacred. All feelings are sacred. All emotions are sacred. It is a gift to be able to feel. It is a gift to be able to feel deeply and fully and wholly and completely. It's what makes us human. And yes, I know it doesn't feel good to experience the bad emotions and that we all want the happy emotions, but unfortunately, it's just not (laughs) the way that it works. If we want to go high, we have to go low. If we want to feel good, we have to feel bad. And feeling in and of itself is exquisite. Now, the sacred rage practice is especially powerful when done with the person who hurt you. And I know everybody has a very different circumstance. And if the person who hurt you is not there, that's okay. If the person who hurt you cannot emotionally do this and is not ready to face the injury and the damage that they caused, that's okay. It's better for you that you don't push them into something that they're not ready for. Because if you push somebody who's not ready and not capable of doing this, it turns out very damaging, and it makes things worse instead of better. So this is something you can do on your own or with a partner. What it requires is you letting yourself go fully within bounds. The ground rules, the bounds are you get to express Everything with your voice, with sound, with tears, with your body. But you cannot hit or hurt another person or another thing. You cannot punch walls for this exercise. You cannot kick things. You most certainly cannot hit or hurt another person. The second ground rule is you may not collapse. You may not fall to your knees and wail. You must stand. You must stand on your own two feet, fully supported, and stay present in your body. And that is important because When we collapse, when we melt, when we sink, we're not fully running the energy through our bodies. When we kick, when we punch, when we rage, when we bang, we are not fully moving that energy through our body. When you have the person who hurt you emotionally available, their only job 
is to witness. Their only job is to witness. Their ground rules include not comforting you, not putting a hand on your shoulder, not touching you in any way, not breaking eye contact with you, looking down, looking up, looking around, but just watching you fully in their full presence. This sacred rage activity is about full presence. You with yourself and the person who hurt you with themselves and of you. And it's harder and more powerful than you might think. So you set up those ground rules. There's no touching. There's no collapsing. There's no kicking, hitting, punching, anything. This is contained in you. And whether you were alone or with a partner, with the person that hurt you, you let it come up. You think about it and you feel it. Not only for you, but for women everywhere. For all of womankind. And you let the feelings, that rage, that grief, just start filling you. And instead of using your mind to be like, oh, it's okay, you're calming it down, you just let it fountain up, root into the floor with your feet so you stay grounded. And let that pain come up from your belly, up through your diaphragm. Feel it shake as you want to cry. Feel the tears. Feel that constriction and that wavering in your throat. And you can cry or you can wail. When I do this and I open up my throat, I don't even recognize the sounds that come out. It's just, ah. And it can be high or low or guttural uh, or sobbing. Just let open that throat and just let it come out from the diaphragm, from the gut, from the depths of your soul. Let it come out. Feel it in your sinus cavity behind your eyes. Feel those tears. Feel the rage. And keep rooting into the ground and staying connected. And if you want to bounce a little... Ah, you can bounce a little, but I don't really want you to jump. I want you to stay connected and rooted into the earth. And same thing with your arms. If you want to move a little, that's fine, but stay in your body and just feel and cry and rage. And yes, you can put words to it. You can put, I hate you. You can put all of the words to it. But it's about giving voice to the pain that's in you. It's about giving voice to the rage that's in you. Because it's sacred and it's part of you. And it's about honoring what you feel. It's not about blame. It's not about shame. It is about you. Expressing your feelings. 
And just like I said earlier, people are so bad at witnessing and holding space for grief and pain because they want to comfort. Shh, 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 settle down. It's going to be okay. Or they want to fix. I've got it. It's okay. We're just going to do this and we're going to do that. Or they want to shift to self. Oh, I get it. You wouldn't believe what my boyfriend did to me when I was in college, blah, 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 blah. Just like other people are bad at grief and pain, so too are we bad at naming it and feeling it. We want to shut ourselves down. We're afraid that we're going to lose control. We're embarrassed and unsure by our own pain in the same way that we're embarrassed embarrassed and unsure when we're witnessing another person's pain. This is your chance to stay in your body. Feel your feet on the floor. Feel your arms at your side. Feel your head. Feel your belly. And go inside and let it out for as long as you need to let it out. And if you're having a hard time channeling your own rage, channel feminine rage. Channel rage from women that you've heard about in history, in stories, friendship. Channel that rage. And that'll help you get in touch with your own. And it might feel like you're there for a long time. And it doesn't matter how long you're there, let it pour from you. Stay in your body and let it out. And let yourself feel it. What I'm going to do is I am going to, in the next few weeks, do a video on this as well. So you can see and witness how this process looks, both alone and with a partner. And there is nothing different for you, whether you're alone or whether you're with a partner. It's just if you are with a partner, that partner is witnessing you. And here's what you need to be aware of if somebody is witnessing you. This is not about them. It's about you. If you think this is an opportunity to make your partner hurt as much as he hurt you, or if you think this is an opportunity to let them see, blah, 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 and you're going to show them, then you're not quite in the right space for the partner work. Do this on your own first. This is not a performance. This is not a performance. This is genuine and raw and authentic. This is you feeling your rage, feeling your pain, and embodying it so it can be expressed, so it can be felt, so it can be used because it's sacred. It's a gift. And then, if you're ready, to be witnessed by your partner. That's fine. And if you're not, that's fine too. And yes, the person witnessing will probably cry. 
but they have to stay in their body too. They have to stay with their feet on the floor and you guys are not touching each other and you're not looking away. You're each in your body expressing. And that's that first activity that I really encourage you to do. Stay in your body, feel, and let it out. (sighs) Stay in touch. Tune into future podcasts or go to laurachetel.com. Hop on my mailing list and I will send you the videos of these exercises and activities when they're done. That way you'll have the link. And if you're unsure of how to do it, you'll have it right there. The second thing that is so important to do in order to feel your pain It's very similar to the sacred rage where you're embodying it and feeling it. But in this case, you're embodying it and you're working it out. And you're letting it move through and flow through differently. Some people really love the sacred rage because they're standing in it and they're holding it. And some people really love the somatic expression where they're kicking and they're dancing and they're working out and they're pushing through. Some people like both. I like both. Once you become adept at both of them, once you've done each one just two or three times, you're going to know how the results feel in your body, how they feel on you, and you're going to know what works best for you. So the movement one, same process. You do this on your own and you start thinking of what what hurt you, the rage, the pain, the grief, the shame, whatever it is. And as you are thinking about it, you are using that emotion to power you into doing something. So that power can be running, busting up a mountain, taking it out on weights. Or my favorite way, just moving my body in a sacred dance. I call it sacred dance because it's not a style of dance. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Sometimes it looks like my arms flapping forward and backwards. Sometimes it looks like me whoosh, whoosh, getting tossed back and forth like I'm in a windstorm or the sea. Sometimes it means rolling on the floor. I do a lot of groundwork. Sometimes it's like child's pose and rocking into a push-up and child's pose and rocking into a push-up. It's a lot of different movements. And at first, if you're anything like me, you kind of get stuck in, well, what do I do? And if that's the case, do you know how to do a squat or a lunge or a push-up or a sit-up? Then do that. Do you know how to do jumping jacks? Do that. Do you know how to do high knees? Do that. Do whatever it is that you know how to do. And then just let your body take over. Shake, shimmy, bounce, jump. Flap your arms. Move your shoulders. Have you ever seen, or if you're lucky, been, 
to one of the Pentecostal type churches where the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has a hold of somebody and they're rolling and they're dancing and they're speaking in tongues and they're in this frenzy. That's what sacred dance is. It's a frenzy. It's a frenzy of emotion pouring through you. It's connecting to that power inside and flowing it. You can have your eyes closed. You can have your eyes open. Just make sure your space is safe. And do whatever you feel called to do. For me, it's different every time. Oftentimes, I put on music. Deva Pramal and Matan. I will link some of their stuff at the bottom of the show. But for some reason... The frequency of that music, the vibration of the music connects me to a deep place inside. And for me, that music sets me free. Some of the Imagine Dragon stuff sets me free too. Play around with different styles of music. It can be angry rock, it can be angry rap, it can be classical. It doesn't matter. Just find with what's connecting to you. Find the music that just makes you want to go and just lights you up. And then move in whatever way feels good to you. And again, I'm doing two videos. I'm doing a sacred rage and I'm doing a sacred dance. And they're kind of two ends of the same spectrum. Dance is more ecstatic and movement-based. And the rage feels heavier. But it's both the same thing. It's both important. And that is how you feel that pain. Because you've got to, got to, got to, got to feel that pain. With that, let's move into the second piece. Because it is so important to validate how bad you're feeling Like I said, this cuts to the core of who you are. It cuts to your identity. It cuts to everything that you do. It cuts to who you are. It cuts to your worth. It cuts to freaking everything. We already know that we're bad at holding space for ourselves. And we already know that other people are bad at holding space for us. Oh my gosh. Everybody wants us to feel better. Just get over it. Just move on. Just realize. Just, just, just. Think about how many times people say, you just need to. You do not need to do anything. If it takes you a year to get over it, that's great. If it takes you three years to get over it, that's great. If it takes you six months to get over it, that's great too. So often when people come to me for coaching, they will say, I'm three years out and I'm totally stuck. I'm five years out and I'm totally stuck. What's wrong with me? What I usually say is the only thing that is quote unquote wrong with you is the belief that something is wrong with you. You have probably been so conscientious and wanting to heal so badly that you've done everything to move ahead that you've done everything that everybody else has told you to do and that you're trying really, really hard and it's not working. 
And then you get that voice in your head saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I'm so broken. I'm so broken. I'm so broken. Oh my God, it's worse than I thought. And you end up staying stuck because you're worried that you're stuck. So really the first thing to do is to release attachment to healing, which might sound counterintuitive, but if you've been with me for a while, you know that FLAUNT is an acronym. You know that the FLAUNT acronym stands for F, find your fetish, L, laugh out loud, A, you accept unconditionally, N, navigate the negative, and T, trust in your truth. And you know that those are the five steps of betrayal recovery. The golden center of FLAUNT is AU, which stands for accept unconditionally. Accept where you're at unconditionally. Accept that you're not there yet unconditionally. Accept that you're stuck unconditionally. Accept that you've tried everything and it's still not working unconditionally. Once you accept that, and you truly drop the resistance and you surrender, this is where I'm at. And I've got rage and I've got grief and this is what I'm going to do and I'm just going to stand here in this freaking rage once again. And I'm just going to dance this out and I'm going to work this out and I'm going to scream this out. Once you just really surrender to it, nine times out of ten, that's when the actual healing starts. Because you've accepted unconditionally. And you've let go of all the shoulds, all the things that you think you should do, all the things that other people are telling you that you should do. And you've allowed yourself to be in it. You've got to be in it. Sometimes when you're in it and you're in it and you're in it and you're in it, you move through it more quickly because you've allowed yourself to be in it. And instead of a drip here and a drip here and a drip here and a trickle here and a splash here and a drip, it just floods through. And then it's done. So where you're at is where you're at. You were freaking victimized. You were cheated. You were betrayed. You had somebody stab you in the back. The person that you trusted the most did something unspeakable to you. Why wouldn't you be mad? Why wouldn't you be in a state of rage? Why wouldn't you feel like you've done everything wrong? Why wouldn't you question everything? If you felt okay, that would be abnormal. If you weren't impacted and could just be like, yeah, I'm just going to get a divorce and I'm going to take him for all their worth and I'm going to do this and then I'm going to go out and find a new... Oh my God, that's weird. You're supposed to be impacted. You were hurt. You were lied to. You were cheated on. You were supposed to be hurt. Why do we have this belief in society that we're never supposed to be hurt? Of course you're supposed to be hurt, and you were hurt, like I said earlier, in what I believe is the worst possible way to be hurt, because it goes to your identity, because it goes to everything that you do or have done, and it goes to everything that you are. Oh my God, accept that. Accept unconditionally that, truly, one of the worst things that can ever happen to a human 
just happened to you, maybe multiple times. And you're still here. And you will get through it. And all of those little things that feel like platitudes, and so often really are, can you just be here? Just be here. Just be here. It's okay to be here. You don't have to be better. You don't have to be better. The tools that I gave you, the sacred rage activity and the sacred dance, they're tools. They're tools to help you learn how to be here, how to feel it, how to witness yourself. Another powerful way to witness yourself is to look in the mirror. Watch yourself cry. Watch yourself hug your body and rock. Don't try to stop it. If you feel like being in bed for a day, be in bed for a day. But witness yourself. Give yourself permission to be traumatized. Give yourself permission to be victimized because you were. And ironically, the best and only way to move through the victimization and the trauma is to be in the victimization and the trauma. Because it's all the pretending that gets us in trouble. It's all the pretending that it's okay and I can be strong. It's all the pretending that gets us in trouble. You know, even from the title of my book, Flaunt, drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self, which if you haven't read, go grab it right now. Get it on Amazon. Get it on New World Library. Get it on Barnes & Noble. Go get that book and start it. Because it's about dropping your cover and revealing what's really going on. Not what you think should be going on. Not what you want to be going on, but what's really going on. Because that is the first step in getting through it. Being in it and feeling and acknowledging it, and it's awful. And you feel broken because you are broken. You have been broken. No, you're not going to stay broken forever, but it's really disingenuous to be like, no, I'm fine. You're not fine, and it's okay not to be fine. You're not fine, and it's okay not to be fine. Even as you move forward, I'm five years out. I can still have not fine days, and that's perfectly normal. I know how to hold my pain. I know how to hold my grief. I know how to hold my rage. Because I've practiced some of these tools along the way. And so can you. And whatever happens going forward, whether it's a job loss, we're dealing with that in my household right now, whether it's accidents or death or pain or financial things, relationship issues, you'll know how to hold your own pain. You'll know how to be not okay and to be okay not being okay. Please, 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 please. 
If you have any thoughts, if you need anything, reach out. Go to the website flourishafterinfidelity.com if you want to be a part of my monthly support groups. We meet one Sunday a month. And what's brilliant about it is you get to meet with other survivors. You have a place where you can be not okay and where you can witness other people who are not okay. And we can all be there together. And we all really know what it's like. And we all really know what not to say to each other because we know it's not okay. And we know it's not just going to go away and get better. And we know that just taking him for all he's worth isn't going to help. So join us, flourishafterinfidelity.com. Or just email me, laura at lauracheadle.com. And let's have a conversation. And while I hope you have a good, beautiful, wonderful week, I'd also like to say, I'd like you to have some weeks where you're not okay. Because that's real. And I hope you revel in your not okayness, in service of moving ahead, being really vulnerable and raw, and getting through this for you. Not because you're supposed to or because it looks good, but because I want you, what I really want for you is for you to be happy. I can't wait to do these videos for you. So stay tuned for more. Have an amazing week and always remember to flaunt exactly who you are, exactly how you feel in every single moment without condition, because who you are is always more than enough. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you been struggling lately? Relationship issues impact every area of your life. When I found out about my husband's infidelity, I was so devastated. I could barely function. Sleeping was impossible because I couldn't shut off my brain. Eating was a challenge because I felt nauseous all the time. And for the first month or so, everything felt pointless. Whether you're having trouble sleeping, feeling hopeless, or just can't focus, BetterHelp is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help. You can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to help that might not be available in your area. Just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you'll be matched with a therapist in under 24 hours. Then you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. I know that confidentiality was important for me, especially early on when I couldn't even get my own mind wrapped around what was happening. And it was so comforting to be able to speak with someone candidly about everything I was going through to validate that what I was feeling and experiencing was completely normal. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Special offer to flaunt, create a life you love after. 
infidelity, and betrayal listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash flaunt. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash flaunt, F-L-A-U-N-T. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 